welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is the That's Facts podcast. I'm your host, Cougar, Jackson, whatever you want to call me. With me today, I got Clamp, uh, three-day contract co-host. Uh, uh, second episode in, I think, the last three weeks. Getting back getting back with the consistency. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the last two weeks of news. Um, of course, the biggest and probably the best that we've gotten in a while out of the Pac-12. Um, Larry Scott stepping down, uh, June 20th, 30th, I think is the date. Um, so before we get going, Clamp, any thoughts do you want to start off with? Yeah, on Larry, um, yeah, um, he is, he won't be remembered very fondly, Yeah, but he did... No, that's all I got. He's yeah. Yeah, uh, we don't have. I can't really give him credit for very. I I tried to give him credit for something in there, but when I thought of good things he did, couldn't come up with any man. Me either. I I really can't think of anything positive that Larry Scott has done in his time as commissioner of the Pac-12, except for ruin the conference. (laughs) That's that's all he really did. Um, So, any Pac-12 officials, whoever. Um, if you're listening to this, this is my official bid to become commissioner of the Pac-12. Um, I can promise you two things. Um, Washington State will be very good, and we will have a new TV deal. So, um, if y'all are interested, contact me on Instagram at the Coog Corner. Um, I'm available. Uh, also, the past two weeks, it's been pretty heavy with, uh, transfer news, um, I mean, even further than the past two weeks, you've got uh, TJ Pleasure heading to Utah, um, Gunner Cruz heading to Arizona from Washington State, Blake Mazza, kicker, All-American kicker at that, leaving Washington State for SMU. Um, who else? Uh, Deontay Ingram heading to USC from Texas. Uh, and I want to say there's one more that I'm that I'm not considering. One or two more, maybe. There was the four-star DB from, that went from Notre Dame to Arizona, Isaiah Rutherford. Okay, um, yeah. We may have already covered him last episode. It was a little while ago when he committed to Arizona. That was like right around the fish hiring, and we've covered that, but yeah. that did happen. Um, no, then, that should uh, cover it. That should cover it. You know, who I'm not, not... you know who I'm surprised hasn't been in the transfer market, really? Um, the Beavs. I feel like they lost a ton and have they a did. lot of open spaces for people to come and start. Um, I guess nobody. I guess nobody's really a B flock so far. Uh, oh no, no. Which is kind nobody's, of confusing. I, nobody's already enrolled to Oregon State. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like they they're losing Hamilton Shed. Um, they're losing Jamar Jefferson. They do have B.J. Baylor, though, and I do think he's a very competent running back. I think he can fill that spot pretty well. Um, they are losing – or they, they keep, they're keeping their same quarterbacks, but I don't think they're very good. Um, so, like, I, I I would like to see them go for somebody in, in the, you know, the, the transfer portal, but I guess they just don't seem very interested, which is interesting. Especially with a 12-commit recruiting class, which was yeah. – According to certain Beaver fans that me and you know, um, and there are a lot of them, um, yeah. um, that was done on purpose, taking the 12 
commit class of the worst people you offered is apparently an intentional exercise we've got here. Um, apparently, apparently, Jonathan Smith is a scientist, a, a madman. Supposedly, he knows everything. Oregon State will be fine. Um, <laughs> moving on to um, real Pac-12 teams. Um, real? Okay. We've got to look at um, – well, let's, let's look deeper into the Ingram to USC thing because I think – I know Malapai is there, but I think he's going to get yeah. a lot of carries for um, USC. Yeah, I mean, he should. They lose Marquis Stepp. They needed one of those, you know, power guys uh, that can they can fill the spot that Stepp carried. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think it makes sense for USC to go out and get him, and I think it makes sense for Ingram to go play because I think Bajon Robinson is going to take control of that spot uh, for the immediate future for Texas. So, it, I mean, yeah, it, it, good I think move it makes from sense for Ingram to leave Texas, but to leave it for an air raid offense is where I get a little confused. Um, an well, air raid that, offense that is... with a good running back. Um, yeah, that that's where I get a little point, confused. You... I, I don't think um, Malapai or Ingram is close to the level that Bijan Robinson is, has already proven to be as a true freshman. Um, no. Robinson's but, but, just one of those recruits that's rated really high that comes in and is immediately as good as advertised. Um, right. There's some of those. Like, I'd argue Kayvon Thibodeau is one of those. Um, Trent McDuffie. Yeah. Um, guys that come in in their true freshman year, and, yeah, they're really good right away. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, um, I don't think it makes sense to be a running back and transfer into the air raid offense. Well, I will, I will I will say it does because last season the USC's run game was very important. It was very vital because when Keaton Slovis was struggling, they relied on Malapai, Carr, and Step to you know to win them games against Arizona. Uh, I want to say I want to say it was Step who had a late fourth and one run. Um, I want to say he had a touchdown on that run um, to, to to win them that game. Uh, okay, yeah, then, I'll give you that, but I feel like there's better options. Where he, I feel like Ingram could go to a lot of Power Five schools, be the starting running back, and get twenty carries a game. Um, and I'm, he could, but like where? There's a lot of schools around the country that don't need a running back. Like, like, what, like, like off the top of your head, what's like a school that you can name that where Ingram could go and and be successful? Like, go to California. Um, Cal could use a running back, um, but I guess he—he's a guy that went to Texas and USC, so he doesn't seem like a guy to go to a school like Cal. Um, yeah, it's like it seems like he's interested in—in in, I won't say winning, but almost winning, <laughs> <laughs> having the talent to win and not winning. Is yeah, he's he seems in to be his interests. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Having the talent and the clout to win, but not winning, is seems to be the. I mean, Texas and USC are the same school. They're just in different conferences. That is true. He, uh, he was almost a Georgia lock. I'm, I'm hearing, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, like I, I think I think it makes sense in terms of the way that USC plays. Um, I, I think it'll work out for him, and I hope it works out for him. Well, all the, all, all the best to him, and unless he's playing my team. Um, yeah. Honestly. What about? Oh, uh, let's move on to. 
something that happened to um, the Washington Huskies. Um, oh, yes. Their defensive coordinator, Mr. Pete Kwiatkowski, at 1 a.m. in the morning decided he was going to fly out to Austin and become Texas's defensive coordinator. Um, that, is, that is correct. I was very surprised by the news. Um, and at first, of course, I was angry, a little bit disappointed, because um, we lost a really good defensive coordinator. And first of all, Sarkeesian has built an all-star staff. Um, an amazing staff. He's done a great job in his time at Texas early on. But usually when coaches form an all-star staff, you look at it and you're like, oh, they're going to win a bunch of games. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. Like, I remember Kevin yeah. Sumlin was expected to just be fantastic for Arizona. Um, yeah. But we're predicting nine wins for the point. 2018 Arizona Wildcats. Um, yeah. I wouldn't because say you, I was one of those people, like, but I didn't think that they would suck. Yeah, and people were looking at it like, well, they've got Khalil Tate, who played amazing last year. Um, mm -hmm. who, who could ruin this? <laughs> Kevin right. Sumlin sure could. Um, and he hired the former UCLA offensive coordinator, Noel Mazzone. He's gone now. I, I, I will say, though, I will say, though, Kevin Sumlin – like as a hire was a very surface level hire because I mean if you look deeper into like his time at Texas A and M, he he really I wouldn't I wouldn't say ruin but like he didn't bring guys best abilities out in his time there right. Um, 2017, for example, his last season there, I thought that Nick Starkle was the better quarterback than Kellen Mond. Um, that didn't work out for Starkle. He ended up losing the job. He left for. Uh, Arkansas, that didn't work out, but then he went to uh, San Jose State and, and made them a ranked conference championship team. So, like, it's, it's like, I don't, I think if you look deeper into what Kevin Sumlin was as a coach, you should have kind of been able to realize that he disappoints his talent. But then again, when you look at, when you look at Stark, um, Starkle, he took, it took three years for him to be a serviceable quarterback. We saw him at Arkansas, and it just wasn't that. That is fair. Um, so if he looked, well, shoot, you can, I mean, if you he can, looked you in practice go... with A and M the same way he looked with Arkansas, I wouldn't have started him either. That's fair. Well, I mean, you, I mean, you can go even deeper to his time with uh, Johnny Manziel. They wildly disappointed multiple times. Even after they beat Alabama, they couldn't get any, any further than what uh, a Chick Fil A bowl. So it's just kind of like just a very disappointing um, era for for Kevin Sullivan. And I think that, that that hire was more of a name thing than it was his actual coaching ability. That was the – I mean, that's just, that sounds a lot like the same thing with um, Don Brown um, mm -hmm. as yeah. defensive coordinator. Which, I mean, Jed Fish, though, he – He's not a big name coach. He's somebody they went out and got from the NFL level as a QB coach. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, that is interesting. I, I mean, I guess they, they saw some in him in terms of what he was able to do in terms of developing talent. So, so at the end of the day, I think Kwiatkowski and Texas, because this is what the point we're building off of. It's been a little while mm -hmm. talking about Arizona, but the point we're building off of is um, – that getting an all-star staff doesn't work sometimes. But, you know, right. uh, I, I've never trusted Sark to be the head coach of an elite college program. I've never seen him as that. And he's proven in his 
is it three stints as a college football head coach at the Power Five level? I want to say that you're correct. Well, USC and Washington. Um, yeah. And now, now Texas, but he ob- I obviously can't Texas, say right. he hasn't done anything at Texas. He hasn't done, coached a game yet. Um, mm-hmm. But at USC and Washington, he was a quite disappointing coach, I will have to say. Um, yeah. But my goodness, man. And it really just tells you, like, the effect that Nick Saban has on these coaches. Like, he's he's such a great head coach as it is towards his players. And, like, he, he's like it's almost like he coaches his coaches as well. Like, he's gotten so many guys' jobs. And almost all of them have burnt out, but they've gotten jobs, and like, and that's that's very, very impressive. Yeah, um, Saban is probably the best college football head coach ever. Um, I don't even think it's very close. I think he is. Oh yeah, it's not. It's not extremely co- close. That's for sure. To win six championships in the modern era of college football, with all the recruiting and all of the media influence, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, when a lot of people go to USC because it's in California, and a lot of people go to um, Texas because it's Texas. Um, but I would even say Georgia because it's Georgia. There's nothing in Alabama, bro. Yeah. Um, there is <laughs> not a whole lot to do in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Not it's a nice all. looking place. Um, it, it, no, trust me, it's very nice. It's it's, it's literally U of A. And nothing else. It's, it's U of A and food. Yeah. Um, no, nothing else. But, I mean, and that's impressive to get people to want to. I mean, obviously, people are going to want to play for a Hall of Fame level coach. And that's what Saban mm-hmm. is. And Saban, every year, he builds a great staff. Every year, he he not only gets highly rated recruits, he gets the right highly rated recruits. Um, All right. He doesn't get guys that. But- turn out to be lazy against the run. No, he thanks for the little things in players. Um, right. So Saban, Saban, but the thing, if Saban had an influence on Sark and Sark takes what Saban, what he learned from Saban and go, takes it to Texas, they can win a lot of games. And I think they are going to win a yeah, lot of they, games I mean, they because Texas game. is probably like the 10th most talented defensive team in the country. Um, yeah. But they have not gotten anything out of that. Um, Pete Kwiatkowski at Washington turned um, a lot of – I mean, look at Eddie Foscio. He's a walk-on from Alaska. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he literally got dragged into Husky Stadium in the, from the middle of nowhere. And <laughs> and he's become one of the best linebackers in the conference. In the country, so. in my opinion. Yeah, in the oh, in the in the country by far, yeah, obviously. Um, so, so that's what we're here's where that worries me for Washington is: are these players even that good? <laughs> yeah, because that's that's a that's a great question. I and I and I will say I will answer that with: as long as Jimmy Lake has anything to do with Washington defenses, I'm gonna be scared of that. Like I, Jimmy Lake's um, still here, and if we go and get Gerald Alexander. Then Will Harris, Jimmy Lake, and Gerald Alexander would be the best defensive defensive back core group in the country, in my yeah. opinion. Because you've got a head coach that specializes in defensive backs, which honestly is kind of rare. Um, Nick Saban is a defensive back uh, type of guy. He was a defensive back in college. 
But you look around and you're seeing mainly former quarterbacks, and you see. Yeah, no, obviously, I, I'm that's right. Just a, that's um, just a random. And sometimes you see former linemen. Um, I believe was yeah. Mario Cristobal Sam, a Sam lineman. In, did he play? He he was. He was a defensive. No, he might have been an offensive lineman. I can't. Remember I know Mario specializes in offensive line, so he might might yeah. have been an old line coach. Um, but. Sam Pittman was an offensive lineman in college, and he coached offensive line at uh, Georgia before he left for Arkansas. A lot of O-line guys. And, yeah, yeah, you'll see linemen and you'll see quarterbacks. You'll see defensive back guys. And Jimmy Lake didn't play DB as far as I know, but but that's that's the position he rose on, coaching. You're right. Um, Which, to me, makes the PK loss a little bit more bearable. Because uh-huh. the coverages we've called have always been by Jimmy Lake. Um, he's always called the coverage of our defense, okay. and he still did last year. Um, so we're going to have this thing. Yeah. He is such a good player development guy. And here's what what I'm going to miss. He is the one that got Joe, Joe Tryon. Um, he got us ZTF. Um, Mm-hmm. And he just loves that. Oh, oh, and he landed us Savelle Smalls, a five star, which we'll see how that works mm-hmm. out. Didn't do a whole lot freshman year, but didn't really expect him to with all the depth in front of him, especially now knowing how good ZTF has turned out to be. Um, right. I didn't have that expectation from him, but he has turned out really well. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, with that knowledge, um, I don't know if we're still going to be good at that position. That's one of the plays, places where I'm like, are these players actually good or have they just been coached up? Now, obviously, they have talent. They got D1 scholarship offers, and a lot of them rate, rated decently high in high school. Um, yeah. So it's not like it's not like um, we've taken bums. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I will say, though, I, there's a few guys on that Washington defense um, – that are just like really just outright talented. Like there's nothing that's gonna change that. And there's a few guys that are that have been coached up, right? Um so I would say like the most talented, like ZTF, um I would say ZTF is one, and I would say Trent is one because how athletic he is. And I would say Calvin Gordon is another one because of how athletic he is. Um outside of those three, I don't really know if I can go out and find one. Like it's just like just incredibly athletic and just like they did, they did they didn't need that coaching right i would say our top defensive tackle tuli latuli gasanoa um mm-hmm. he was a top 100 prospect out of high school and he was um and he's just, he was always considered super talented i don't know if he, and he's not yeah. like athletic he's just huge and moves people and has <laughs> right. great technique uh-huh. um so yeah, um, there's some there's some guys that are in there that are like, okay, this guy's gonna be good for us no matter who's coaching the defense. But if we go get a Gerald Alexander, I think he can be a great defensive coordinator, and that's who I really want us yeah. to hire. Um, the fact that um, Coach Malo, our defensive line coach, hasn't been named the primary defensive coordinator yet tells me we're hiring somebody out out of um, out of our circle. Um, I don't think it's a promotion because when we promoted Jimmy, it took 15 minutes to promote me to head coach. 
It was it was literally in the yeah, same day. I mean, I think I think we like, planned it. I, I, I think because Chris Peterson's departure felt very, very planned. Maybe we didn't plan oh, yeah, for I'm, PK I'm, to leave. I mean, he did leave at one in the morning after all. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to get to that point. It seemed very random that he left at that time. It seemed as if like he didn't want to tell anybody. It was a very weird type yeah, of deal. I mean, a few players were posting pretty skeptic things about it, like what the heck or what the, yeah what what the fuck man? <laughs> like <laughs> I, may, I mean maybe he talked to jimmy during the day and like didn't feel like he needed to address the team i don't i don't know but like it, it seemed pretty sketch how he left like that surprise me now um washington will be a top three defense in the pac-12 i still feel very confident in saying that um It'll be us, Utah, and Oregon. And I honestly don't think anyone else even competes with those three. Which brings me to the next point. Tim DeRuder hired from Cal to Oregon. And mm-hmm. Keith Hayward, one of Oregon's recruiting aces and one of their best assistants, their co-D coordinator, um, left Oregon yesterday and looks like he'll plan to take the Cal D coordinator job. Um, kind of like a trade-off. Which, yeah, the, uh, that's so it weird. weird. At the at, at the college level in the same division, you don't see that happen very often. Um, I, I'm I'm sure that is a sign of. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that he took that as a sign of disrespect, right? Like you've been there and you've gotten so many talented guys, and you decide to go and hire this this co-defensive coordinator from Cal. The defense that hasn't really been that great. Uh, Cal I, defensive I coordinator now. that one beat you. You think you don't yeah. hire guys that beat you, but um, and two, a guy that was getting demoted for Peter Sermon this next upcoming season. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, it's, it's a really weird. I do thing. like Tim Deruder get... though. I do like the defense he runs. Yeah, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, 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 I trust these college coaches because I think that they all have something that we don't as fans. I don't know what that is, but they, they have it. Um, but it, it just seems like a very weird hire. Oregon could get almost anyone in the country and, like, this being who they hired. It, it's, it's, it's underwhelming strange. because when you can get a guy like Schumann from um, Georgia – um, who has become oh. available, and he may just have to return to Georgia because he wanted the Oregon job. You could also get, I think his name is Zach Arnett, um, from yeah, yeah, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah, a guy that was getting a lot of buzz to be a great defensive coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. so did Oregon upgrade or downgrade from Andy Avalos? I can't say they downgraded. I can't say they upgraded either. I don't. I mean, I don't think that there's much. I, I don't you, know. I think you got worse on a recruiting level, but they're still going to be really good on a recruiting level. Um, because mm-hmm. Hayward was you're losing Hayward and Avalos, great recruiters. Um, without those two, you don't get yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau, and without those two, you don't get um a lot of the guys that they've gotten. Now, I will say the new staff hasn't lost anybody yet. Defensively, 
they haven't lost any key recruits yeah. or anything. So guys seem bought into these guys. Um, Another thing is Tim DeRuiter looks like a jerk. He does not look like a, a nice person. Oh no, to talk for to. sure. He looks very angry. <laughs> he does not look like. He does not like you can hold a very. I wouldn't want him as my conversation with Tim DeRuiter. No, I I wouldn't at and all. Definitely he not definitely mows his lawn at like. Oh, surely not. He definitely mows his lawn at six a.m. in the morning, for sure. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Were there any other coaching hires recently? Um, Antonio Pierce got promoted. Uh, that was the conference cool. I can think of. Up to them. Yeah. Mar- Marvin Lewis um, is still their DC, though. Yeah. But, you know, if Marvin wants did, to come did, on did, down did to Seattle, I don't see a problem with that. That, that, would, that would be an interesting hire. I would, I would like that hire. I like Marvin Lewis. I think he's a good guy. Good, good to see. I think he's a really good coach who Um, was caught caught coaching Andy Dalton for fifteen years. (laughs) Yeah, and trying to develop him for so long—that that that is a challenge. Well, Marvin and that staff made Andy Dalton look so good. Like, like he didn't look good, but he looked too good to just give up on. Yeah, he did. He didn't look like a Mitch. Yeah, now he does. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, Poor guy got caught in the worst head coaching job in the NFL for like 10 years. He really did. He really did. There's nothing enjoyable about Cincinnati. And I think he's a great coach. I think he could go in the NFL right now and have somewhat success. But like, man. Um, you got the most out of A.J. Green. Want to talk about the Senior Bowl? I haven't seen A.J. Green like that until- since. He's also he's also been injured a lot, and he was injured a lot when he was coaching him. So I, you can kind of split hairs with that. But yeah, he don't get as much effort or good play from him. But moving on, (laughs) Um, um, (laughs) ever since he fought Jalen Ramsey, his career's been on the downhill slope. That is true. Ever since (laughs) that moment, you didn't hear from AJ Green again. Jalen Ramsey's been a hitman, one hundred percent. Oh gosh, what's going to happen to DK Metcalf? Probably not great things. You saw him have his meltdown on the sideline. That might have been the beginning of the end for DK Metcalf. Oh no, he's like twenty three. <laughs> he won't ever see the field again. Oh man. Okay, let's talk about the senior bowl. Uh, we had a, we had a few Pac twelve guys there. Uh, Thomas Graham had a very positive day. Um, Frank Darby oh did not gosh, have a very Darby, positive what day. The there was one route he ran. <laughs> he just ran ran straight, very slowly, by the way, very slow straight run, turned left and tripped. Terrible break. And that was the clip people <laughs> were really set, using trip. to say Thomas Graham has had a good day. That was not good coverage. <laughs> he was there. Showed up. Yeah. <laughs> And it wasn't even like a gradual fall. It was like, it was it was a pretty terrible fall. It was like he, he was like walking on his knees almost for a few yards. It was a very sad. Frank Darby needs to. Um, he's not getting drafted after that. <laughs> no way. Maybe very late. That, that probably finish. took a round away from Frank Darby's draft stop. A full round, thirty-two picks. 
<laughs> and then he had a very school grant moment after he fell. <laughs> he clapped his hands. He looked so mad. Um, so Levi Enrique dominated it, by the way. He did. He's been, he, like you said, he's been getting some first round buzz. Makes sense. He's a very talented He player. goes early I to mid second, but that's what I thought before the senior bowl. I'm going to have to check it out now, knowing what, um, Knowing what I know now, Levi looks like Levi's a beast. I I just got to say, um, Levi's fantastic. Levi for three years gave Washington great production, and he never it never really went away. Every game, Levi made an it impact play. Um, he mm-hmm. he he's just a const. He just had a constant motor about him. Um, where every game he's driving people back or every game he's making a move to the quarterback. Really a great player. I think early in his career, Uh, he was playing – yeah, he played a little bit when Vita Vale was still around in 2017. Um, And that's when you kind of saw Levi really – I mean, Vita would open it up to where Levi just had to get – knock one O-lineman's arm out of the way, and that's a sack Um, because Vita – Right. Eats one and a half he, people per play, um, right? Sometimes two, but um, and then Levi was free, and I'm like, and at the time I was like, oh, is this guy really that good? I mean, he's it's opening up, but no. When he became the nose tackle, which is not even his position, he was still dominant. Um, right. But if they can get him as like, like a three technique in a three four set, like you know, there's the nose, and then there's the guy beside the nose. If they can get him in that position. In the NFL, I think he's going to be fantastic. And and he's so athletic for someone so big. He's got such raw like speed and athleticism along with the strength that he already has. He, I mean, he's almost like a a, a a perfect prospect. Like he's a very good player. He's very I think very. Good scouts player. are starting to realize that. Um, and there was a third yeah. guy that played really well, Osa from UCLA. I'm not going to try his. Yeah, he he did have a good day today. Um, I, I I do want to say we were talking about this earlier. You said that uh, Keith Taylor was getting some uh, some talks about being a yeah. late round pick. Uh, I here's why. <laughs> okay, hold on. Here's why. Let me defend my Washington Husky here, um, because I, I I feel obligated to say something. Um, he yeah. is. I believe six two, um, and I think runs a okay. four six, um, or maybe like even okay. a four five, which is decent at six two for corners. Um, you can plug him on decently tall receiver, and he can do his job. Um, when he guarded Fehoko, mm-hmm. we did a good job. When McDuffie did, it actually was a little bit worse than when Keith did. Um. Which is saying a lot because Trent did a good job, I think. Coco. Um, so th- that's my defense for him. He's a tall guy that can keep up with tall, slower receivers. Um, but um, his ball skills are really lacking, I will admit. Um, sometimes he, gets, he can't find the ball and it ends up in the receiver's hands. Um <laughs> But he's a great run support corner, that and when he it, when he locates 
and reacts to the ball. He's a very good corner. He does have flaws, but I I don't want to kill the guy. Um, for and he did make a lot of mistakes in the Stanford 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 and Utah game. He made a few key mistakes. Um, especially the Weddington one-on-one play on third and 11 or something. That was really bad. Um, if we get that stop, we might win that game, which is sad. Um, but yeah, Keith, um, I'm okay with him being a seventh round pick. Look, I, I want Keith to do good. I want all Pac-12 players to do good in the NFL. Keith Taylor looks lost majority of plays. Um, it's it's like he tries, right? He wants to be great. He wants to he wants to do something successful, but he doesn't. He's just he's just kind of in the way more times than not. He's kind he's just kind of there. I mean, you can even look back at the uh, USC film from 2019. Elijah Molden's red zone interception. Keith Taylor was just on the outside there. Michael Pittman burned him. He was nowhere near Michael Pittman. When Elijah Molden was there to save the day. So I I do think that I hope he does well. He has good length, he has good size, obviously. Um balls, but I I I don't think he's very good. I don't I think, think he is. I think a six two guy but I hope he does speed well. and Jimmy Lake development is worth a shot. It's worth a shot, but he's not good for what he does. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm sure, I'm sure no, there's something. Keith has the extra year of eligibility. He should have come back and done what? Improved. Stood there. Keith Taylor. Do so is... you think our secondary gets better or worse? <laughs> okay, this right. year? I'm just wondering. You lose Keith Taylor, who you clearly don't I... like. Giving Kyler Ford in his I, position. I don't know. And you have Trent McDuffie in. What do you think? I think it could. I mean, I think it's going to be closer to the same than anything. Um, because you lose Elijah Molden, right? So, like, I think that's that's something that should be noted. But you get Kyler Gordon more playing Ooh. time, more snaps. I like that. Um, Asa Turner is probably going to get more play, and I hope he improves because he wasn't very good in his time this season. Um, so, I. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to trend downward any more than it'll be better. And that, um, well, so the way I'm thinking is Kyler and McDuffie outside. I'm guessing, and then the yeah. inside corner can be Makes Dom sense. Hampton, who is about 25 more pounds than the next corner. He's just a big guy that can knock you out. Um, he can tackle like Molden. He can't cover like Molden. Um, and okay. maybe Jacoby Covington, who kind of shows a little think... bit of Elijah in himself. Um, we took a look at his tape in the pack chat, and you could tell he has what Jimmy Lake looks for. You can you can see it in there. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah, very great, good cover. Great cover. one-on-one downfield and great tackler. And apparently we put him at safe. We're going to put him at safety. Um, which I don't like, but then I think about what we Miles Bryant mm-hmm. putting him at safety, and it worked out really well. So maybe uh, it, well, it worked out decent. It was decent. 
Miles Bryant, I I've, I've seen some Miles Bryant tape that I that I can I can I can mock, but I think he's decent. I think Miles I Bryant think he did was decent. better at safety than nickel. Yeah, he's gotten playing I'm time sure from Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's got to mean something. A loaded defensive backfield too. That's, that's pretty England. important. Yeah, uh, Dom Hampton is huge, by the way. He's very, he's yeah. very big. So, I'm gonna be interesting. If, he, to see if him he's play in the nickel season. and teams run uh, screens, like he's gonna knock people out. Um, yeah, he might kill someone, but I, I don't know who is he gonna be able to keep up with. All right, let's like, keep him in a little zone. Just say, just say, yeah, I ain't gotta okay, come to you, fair. but if you come to me, I'm gonna knock <laughs> knock you out. Yeah. Um. Very, very fair argument. And then there's Jackson Sermon. Um, you got to talk about him. <laughs> Do we Every episode until Jackson he improves. Um, hey, he may be working out right now, improving a little bit, piece by piece. Um, oh, Jackson Sermon, man. Um, I got to say, if he's starting for the Washington Huskies defense next season – I'll be quite disappointed. Um, you gotta let got, Calvert Cook, man. or at least Daniel Heimuli. He doesn't have like a slogan here, but he was a top two hundred prospect in the class. <laughs> just, just, just let, let Sermon sit. sit. Exactly. So that's, that's what me, that that needs that needs to be the same let now. Sermon let Sermon sit. sit. I mean, his cousin's gone. Why can't he go to Central Michigan? He might be pretty good over there. <laughs> I was surprised Jackson stayed around with all the hate and with his cousin leaving. He only came here because of Jacob, like, trying to convince him, oh, we're going to be a super team built around me. I mean, woo. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Jackson's Ironman is really bad. He isn't very yeah, good. Yeah, at we've we've talked enough yeah. about him. Um, so when we're talking we, about yeah. the pieces, who um, fits with this defense that's available as a defensive coordinator? The easy answer is nobody because there's no available DCs because our DC left at 1 a.m. way past the coaching carousel. Um, <laughs> just nobody coaches the defense next season. It's just, it's just a bunch of defensive players. We can hire Elijah playing. Molden. What's his NFL contract looking like? We can, we can match it. He can come coach the defense. That, that would be a that would be a lot of money for Elijah Molden, like a split contract between coaching on Saturday. Yeah, he's got a playing on he, he, he only has to play the eight home games for the Seahawks, though. We should just trade up for him, and that way he doesn't have to leave Seattle. Yeah. Bam! Great idea. But he'd have to come up with two game um, plans. I do. I. That that's tough. I'm I'm sure I'm sure Elijah is yeah, a smart enough guy to do that. I agree. I, I do want to talk about I do want to talk about Gunner Cruz heading to Arizona. Um, I'm not going to call myself whoa, a genius whoa, whoa, wait or anything. A <laughs> but it doesn't take a genius to predict that he was going to Arizona. Um, they needed a quarterback. They missed out on Ryan Helinski. Apparently, that they, they weren't very interested in him. Um, that has to be. <laughs> our our sources <laughs> our, our sources uh, sources zona CBB so um 
<laughs> Something's not adding up here. Hold on. All right. I got my calculator here. Um, okay. Something's not adding up here because a few weeks ago he said Ryan Golinski was the big transfer quarterback they were going after. And now he's he did say saying that. they weren't very He, he did say that. Now, last time I checked in my lifetime, um, whether it be a new video game or a new friend, when you're pursuing something, usually you're interested in it. <laughs> right. That does seem to be the case. I, I mean, that's, that's how you expect so it. When this be. guy contradicts himself, I don't really know what to think. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of um, cleaning up. Yeah, <laughs> cleaning you know, just mistakes. making excuses. I, I think that's what it was. <laughs> but back to Gunnar Cruz, I do think that um, this is a good move for him because I think he can go in there and win that oh job. I think he's talented enough to do so. I mean, he won. <laughs> Plumber is pretty terrible, but like, he. Oh. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta scratch players off. Jackson Sermon and Will Plummer are top two. <laughs> um, George Hicks. Oh, well, George you, H- you George can't Hicks even have George Hicks. You can't George. even post positively on your Instagram about George Hicks. You can't even tag I don't, him. I can't. There's nothing to say about him. <laughs> but, well, yeah, man. I, I think the Gunner Cruz is a talented player. He has a great arm. Um, he's he's pretty sneaky, athletic. Um, I think that if you give him athletes to play with, oh. which I don't think he has very many at Arizona, but I do think I, I do think that he can figure it out. Um, he is he is very athletic. Stanley Berryhill is a guy with experience that I really like for personal reasons. I enjoy Stanley Berryhill, um, but I think that like Arizona just became like a. A, a three win team, so maybe yeah. a four win team with Gunnar Cruz. So they're going to win a Pac 12 game. That, I, I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. To they're going to win a Pac 12 game. I think they do, do they play Cal this season? Yeah, no doubt. They can win that game. I think. I think. I think that they should look to win. I think that they game. can beat. I think they um, need to win that game. I think they can beat the Buffaloes. And frankly, oh, okay, I like that. I mean, yeah, they played them well they this sure season. Did. Um, yeah, I, I could see that happening. Um, but as of right now, we cannot interview any Arizona players. Like they have to get a conference win until uh, before we or, can even look or to Oregon that. State because, because we just we, roast we them way too often. I'm, I'm. Yeah, to be either. honest, I'm not interested in that. We can have <laughs> we, Beaver swag on the podcast, though. Honestly, he's expressed interest. Um, yeah. He has. Interesting. Future future episode, guys. Watch out. Beaver swag. Send him so. Coming, coming no, soon. Um, <laughs> no, he, he didn't do nothing <laughs> wrong this time. Uh, um, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've been particularly angry at something Beaver swag has done. Um, it's also the off season for football, so like we don't yeah, have really. He have hasn't made any mind. predictions yet. I'll just say that. He hasn't predicted the Beavs to have their first winning season in 25 oh, years or nothing. 
hasn't been 25 years. That was disrespectful. Okay. That was unnecessary. I know, I know. You, I know. you can, you no, can do I mean, better than that. Um, another, thing I wanna, another thing I want to... It's 2013, I want to yeah. say, it was the last time, right? Yeah, that, <laughs> that, is, that has been eight years. Um, another thing I want to talk about is people saying that Keaton Slovis is better than Jaden Daniels. Is what? I, I, I will say I was one of these people last year, and then I'm jumping off the Keaton Slovis bandwagon. Um, I I don't know, man. Slovis is just not that. You don't impressive. need to look any further than Slovis's two games, the Oregon Ducks, to decide that he is not a very good quarterback. Yeah. Um, and, and his games against the Arizona school. That is true. But as a whole. he was literally – He did not he he was, did not play good yeah, either um, He was, like – he was uninspiring against the Arizona schools. But against Oregon, he was flustered, completely – everything that could have been wrong went wrong mm-hmm. for him in that game. Um, He was terrible. Um, yeah. He was, he was not very good. Miserable. Um, meanwhile, Jaden Daniels uh, won game against Andy Avalos Oregon, and what did he do? He won the game. He won himself. Yeah. He won the game. He won the game. I thought you were going to answer it, so I just made sound effects. So that was kind of awkward. Yeah, that was kind of <laughs> sus. Kinda not going to lie. Yeah, he won the game. Yeah, yeah I think was, we got to get ourselves like a school threat that never used to that happen one. again. We're the Maybe quiet like kids. Make sure we don't reach into our book bags. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, Jaden Daniels, I, the only reason that ASU didn't win the South this season is because Jaden didn't have any teammates. Johnny Wilson sucked. L.V. Buckley Shelton was the only wide receiver on that team that I was like overly impressed with throughout Shelton? the season. Like, Did we interview L.V. Bunkley Shelton? What, what's his name? Yeah, oh, I mean, oh, we just respected him. Oh, I thought you, I thought you That's rare. said his name. Oh, yeah, we we definitely should. I'll, I'll, we, I'll we, ask we our guy Alex, even though he's uh, anxious. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... <laughs> the way that you said it, I thought you were questioning the way I said his name. I was yeah, like, wait, my bad. did he um, change his name yeah, or something? I'll, I'll call up Alex and see if um LV Bunkley Shelton is available. Um. We can we can wither yeah, away hopefully, the eight hopefully things. Hopefully, doesn't leave me on scene um, because of it. <laughs> but man, like Jaden is a very talented player. I feel like people have been underrating how good he is because, like last season, on paper, did not look very good for ASU. But like, you have to just look within the games. The amount of times that Johnny yeah. Wilson sold was immeasurable, bro. Like it was very bad. It was not good, and I don't. And then their defense wasn't. Excellent um, in that USC game towards the end. They played very well through the first three quarters. Um, but that fourth quarter, they kind of collapsed. Um, and so I do I do think next season is going to be a teller of how good Jaden Daniels is. I think he'll be in the Heisman discussion throughout the season. Because I think if you have a player as electric as he is and as talented as he is, um, that puts up the numbers that he does. I could totally see him in a position to win the Heisman, but but also you have to consider that they do have a solid running back core. So I don't know. It, 
it, it'll be interesting to watch. I think I think the Jaden Daniels will be a first team All American or not All American, uh, All Pac twelve next next season. So, yeah, Jaden Daniels fan club is is what we are. Yeah, I. If we're talking Heisman, oh, I am there. I was gonna say I'm not, but um. I am, and I, I, will, I will want to say, I wouldn't mind the Falcons not drafting a quarterback this year and taking Daniels next. Let's season. look at this schedule. I, I just I'm, pulled I'm it up. We're not going to go game by game like Daniels. last episode, but a few games where he can really take over um, that Heisman race. Early in the season, mm-hmm. he's got to beat BYU. you got to win that one. Um, and he will win his other – they will win their other two non I, I would, I would. And you got to go to Provo and beat – and, and I would like to BYU. and yes, I would like to see them dominate them. those games. By the way, they get USC at home. They have uh-huh. to win that one for Jaden to be in the Heisman contention, and they have to win yeah. one of these two games at Utah mm-hmm. and at Washington. Um, a win on the road against the yeah. top ten defense in the country, which I think both Utah and Washington will sport in twenty twenty one. Um, I agree. You. That puts you above other people, other people, and their other two road games, UCLA and Oregon State. You know, those are winnable. I mean, UCLA did beat them this year, but I, I no Demetrius. More than winnable. I don't see that. I no, I don't see them beating them in back to back. No Demetrius, no Osa, no. Lose. They do have Jay Shaw's and DTR for what it's worth. Yeah, and they. And they also have Greg Dolchitz still. They they actually have majority. Which is surprising. I feel like all those guys have been around forever. As well as having, uh, they have been around for at least half a decade. And they also returned Britton Brown, which I think is very important. I like he had a a great season last year behind Dimitri. I do as well. He was he was at Duke last year, twenty twenty nineteen. He had a good year there. So yeah, um. Do you want to do top right, five top five quarterbacks? We did touch on, on Jaden. Um, very... He's both of our number ones. We've pretty much let establish that. Number two, correct. So yeah, let's go five. Oh, okay, let's no, let's go five. Let's go five to two, so we don't like start with the 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 worst of the best. I'll put Dylan Morris here at five. At five, I would go. I would go Morris as well. Um, I'm going to go with Morris at five. I think that he did enough to keep Washington in games in the games that they won. He did enough not to lose against the Utah game or in the Utah game, excuse me. Um, That's I, 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 like, I like Morris. He's a very good decision maker. Yeah, I think he's a very good decision maker. and I think he, I think he makes some very good deep throws. I, I would like to see him make a connection with his wide receivers on that over time. Uh, I would I would like to see him win the starting job next season just so he can develop as a player. I don't necessarily believe that he's better than uh, Sam Hurd, but I do think he's a very good quarterback, and so that's why he's my number five. And he's and he's got very good athleticism. Throwing him into the fire at Michigan is very irresponsible to his development. Um, you yeah, have to register Sam, in my opinion. You have a capable quarterback. And you have two capable starting college quarterbacks on your roster, and you're going to start a true freshman at Michigan? 
No, and I think yeah, Lake that, knows that. And I think Dylan is still Lake's guy. Look, Lake isn't going to take talent over talent yeah. over over over. Um, that's the second time I've gone or <laughs> instead of oh. You you love the the the, the bougie talk. Yeah. Or. Um, yeah, he's not going to take um, talent over uh, um, or over um, experience and toughness because you saw that with Morris over Sermon. I think Sermon's right. got a bigger arm, a little more mobility. He's four inches taller, but he is related to Jackson Sermon, which automatically that knocks him true. down like at least three roster spots. Um. <laughs> All right, you're number four. This is a good. This is a tough spot. Um, it is a tough spot because I think there's a lot of guys in the conference that like. I I think besides Slovis and Daniels, I don't think there's very much separation between any of this, these quarterbacks in the conference. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of. He's he's like Dylan Morris with a with a twelve game season. That's what he was at Baylor. Um, great game manager, yeah. great decision maker, uh, solid quarterback. I don't really have anything else to say to, about him. He's a senior, and he's going to get it done at Utah. He, first of all, that job is not a competition anymore. Um, when he went there, it was his job for this year, and Johnson mm-hmm. from Texas is a transfer whose plan will be to start next year. Yeah, and that is fair. I do think Drew List is going to make a push for the job because like, he has he's a very uh, leadership-oriented guy. The team seems to like him, um, and he played very agree, well in the second I half against us. Um, so Charlie I do think Drew List is going to be in the competition. And I, and I forget about that. And I forgot about Camden Rising. I named the starter Rising this year. going to compete um, as well. So, I mean, he was the yeah. I about to say he was the I starter this season. Cam might so. be, I think Cam might be the future. Be I still don't see it as a competition though, because Brewer won eleven games. He did. Agreed, but, but, I mean, he was agreed, really but no Matt Rule now so, like, I, I trust that. Yeah, that that is fair. Uh, my number four. My number four, I'm going to do something dangerous. I'm going to go with my school threat tendencies. And I'm going to put, I'm going to put Sam Neuer at number four. I'm, I'm going to do okay. it. I'm putting Neuer at four. I, I think that his, I think he's as such a good leader and such a good athlete. I think even when he did struggle to make some throws this season for, for Colorado, it's it's almost like he had like this aura around him where he was he was gonna get it done, right? Like whether it be a simple handoff. Like he, he didn't even have to do it himself. It just seemed like he always put Colorado in positions to win. Um except for of course those last two games of the season, which were very unimpressive. But I, I, I was Happy with the way that Neuer played to start. Neuer's my so six. And the Neuer reason I do four. think Dylan Morris is better than Sam Neuer is when you look at their both of their losses. Dylan Morris played 
lot better than Neuer did in his loss losses. Um, Morris in the loss to Stanford um, yeah, went out with Washington scoring three of the last four touchdowns. He made two beautiful deep throws to Ty Jones, who, who by the way, we didn't touch on him transferring. He is now a Fresno State Bulldog. We did not talk about that. That is interesting. Uh, two, <laughs> Jordan Chin and Ty Jones, two of the best and receivers in Washington history, leaving. Yeah. You hate to, you hate now to see Rome it. Now Romo Dunze and Jalen McMillan have to play. Oh, no. We have no talent at receiver. That is, that is very bad. And we didn't talk about Puka Nakua either. He entered the transfer that portal. That was fake news. He is weird. not in the It seemed very portal. sudden. Um, I he didn't. He didn't. End As of right now, Puka called somebody and said, "I am not going anywhere." That is the most recent news. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, I still don't think he's the number one or two most talented player in your wide receiving room, but is is great to have that experience. A guy who's been with the team um, and a guy who can, who can show up when he needs to. One-on-one threat who we haven't so, used right. that way. We've used him for slants. Um, I think that needs to be Rome's role. Rome is And he's really fast to get yeah. into his spot. I, 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 I saw in the Stanford game in his six catches, Rome was great. Yeah. I, I said that um, Nakua wasn't one or two. I didn't even consider Terrell Bynum. I don't think he's one, two, or three. But he's still there. So that's that's cool. That's good to know. And I, do th- I do think Nakua right now has the edge over Jalen. Um, very slight edge. I think he has that edge. No, um, just because he's been with the roster, and I think he will be one of the two outside receivers in the squad. Um, back, back to the back to the play a lot though, and they're going to get a lot of touches. They're very important pieces, and now Washington's a running offense, anyways. But um, yeah, yeah, those those two are going to be around. Now for my number three quarterback, because we do have to this. Um, we do have this one. is another really tough spot. Tyler Shuck. Interesting. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. You know what? Slide Morris to four and Brewer to three, and we're going to put Tyler Shuck at five. Okay. Reason? Why is that? Turnovers are the main reason I have to move Shuck below Morrison Brewer. Um, Shuck has a lot of good quarterback. He's like 6'4". He runs and takes hits and falls forward without really hurting himself. It's kind of weird how he's able to do that. Um, and Shuck- Does that make him a better quarterback or does that just make him kind of stupid? Wait, what? I said, does that make him a, a good quarterback or does it make him kind of stupid? He's dumb lucky. <laughs> because, look, a lot of his turnovers this season were not good at all. They were all one-read plays. It's like he'd take the snap, he'd look, he'd look, 
he look he keep looking at the same guy the whole time and still throw it way too late to a contested area and then it would you know it it wouldn't work out for him. That is why I am taking a risk by putting him here because it is it is a risk because of things that. But I did I, I sent a few clips to the pack chat, but I watched more than that. I did watch all of Oregon's mm-hmm. games from this year, their highlights at least today. Um, and obviously, highlights are going to be more positive than negative. And when you look at mm-hmm. the full game, there's going to be a few more incompletions that are like, oh, that could have been intercepted. Um, but with Shuck, um, you know, he is pretty good actually in the pocket. Um, okay. He's pretty good at moving. He, he's a good pocket passer. When a receiver is mm-hmm. when the receiver he's staring down is open, he can get it to them. <laughs> um, yeah. So it works out sometimes. Um, he. <sighs> I ran some RPO with Tyler Shuck, though, where there is only one read. Yeah, that is fair. I, I'd do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. I I think he's a okay quarter. I think Oregon fans give him bad rap because they lost games, but you know they ignore the fact that Mikhail Wright, D Didi Lenore took a huge step back. Um, they were not. I, especially D.D. Lenore. I was very unimpressed with the way that he played this season. Yeah. I think I think it's a testament to how important how would Oregon's like, defense, they are as a group. How would Oregon's defense look if Noah Sewell didn't commit there? Probably not great. Noah Sewell made a huge difference in their defense this season. Which um, is terrifying it, it for is. Oregon it is. fans because if- – you need Sewell. I mean, think about. Remember, Sewell got hurt against UCLA. They almost. They should have won that game. Not even almost. They should have won that game. Yeah, I mean, it was twenty-one-seven when Sewell goes down, and UCLA ends up scoring thirty-five points. Yeah, that's not good. Um, that is not very good. No. Um. And back to, is a problem. I do think Veron McKinley's a pretty yeah. good safety, though. I do like. It. I do. I do think he's solid. Yeah. Okay. Back to the quarterback list. Um, I'm, I'm. I've made an executive decision. I'm gonna move four. No. Excuse me. I'm gonna move Morris up to four, and I'm gonna move Neuer up to three. And at number five, I'm gonna add in Jaden Delara. Is is a very is a very risky decision. It's a very uh, almost questionable decision coming from me because I have not been. The biggest Delara supporter, but listen, he is—he is a natural athlete. He is a natural. He has all the tools to to make stuff happen. He his decision making is just really bad sometimes, and I think when you have a player that has that natural ability, those things that you can't teach, I think decision making is something that can develop i think decision making is something that you can work through especially with experience um and, and it's something that that can you know over time develop and make someone you know 10 times better than they were the season before so if delara even if delara um isn't the quarterback favorite like even if uh garantano does come out and play better than him um 
I do think that having that competitive edge or having that, you know, that competition uh, with somebody who has college experience is definitely going to help DeLar in the long run. So I, I hope that he, I, I'm predicting that he develops that, 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 that uh, decision making over the offseason. So I have him number five. Um, and then two and one should be the same for both of us. Uh, Daniel's one, Slovis at two. He didn't impress me this year. Um, I think the gap between him and Daniels got wider. Um, yeah. Daniels was more effective, but his team was a lot less effective. You gave Jaden yeah. Daniels, Aminati, and Tyler Bonds, and Drew McCoy, and Drake London, <laughs> and yeah. uh, NFL first-round pick left tackle <laughs> – I mean, Keaton had everything, and they 100% should have won the Pac-12 championship. They had a lot more stuff than Oregon did. Even for a team that won the South, this was not a very impressive season from USC, I don't think. It all comes down to Slovis holding them. I think he held them back more than he helped them out. I would agree because I think if you have as good a receiver as they do, and I'm never the type to, you know, blame receivers for having good weapons. I think that that's stupid. But with that as well, like Slovis did not have to do anything necessarily, right? Like his job was never at a point where it was harder and he had to make it easier. It was, it was always like it was easy and he made it harder than it needed to be. So yeah, I think that he did in some ways hold them back. Um, so that's why I have him at number two. Because I do think, like I was saying with Delora, he has that natural ability. It's just he makes easy things hard. And I and I don't and I don't like that. So I have Slovis two, Daniels one. Yeah. All right. That's a good list. Um I am surprised not to Hope see list. Brewer top five. Um I, I don't know. I don't like Brewer. I would have him at seven, six, seven, somewhere. somewhere I may have to put Morris now. over him on my list. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go with I Morris. Would... Uh, Morris at three just sounds high. It does. It does sound high. I mean, you have him at four. That's not make... ridiculous. Well, I, I have him at four because I wanted to jump him over Neuer, but I didn't know how much I liked that. So I, so I kept him at four. Um. So, and then yeah. Neuer is at, or is did I have Neuer as my six? I think I did. And then Delora around that's what, seven. That's what you said. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think that's a pretty solid list. Yeah, and then I had Parrish. Ah, shucks. <laughs> oh, man. That was a solid episode. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. You want to? Yeah, a very random episode. A very um... we just rambled and made jokes. <laughs> pretty much, this was not a very professional episode. We did. It was not very professional at all. I don't know how we made it through, but we did. Uh, very long. Thank you guys for listening. Well. It was. It was very long. We got got, got good minutes out of it. Um, hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Um, Super Bowl next week. Do you want to? Do you want to do some some NFL content you next know. week? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, man. That, that's it. Thank you all for listening. Ha-